uh, as Mike comes, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6, what is it about, verse 12, 13, verse 12, <coughs> a familiar passage to all of us, I'm sure. Uh, Mike has placed in your bulletin another document uh, listing most or all of the uh, scripture references that he's going to use uh, in his message. Mike? give you a head start in turning to whatever it is, uh, especially if it's a bag of books and you're not quite sure what page that's on. Uh, but anyway, we'd appreciate your taking a look through that. And if you would, on your bulletin in the where, uh, where it says prayer request, if you don't have a prayer request today, give us an idea of what you think of that. Is that a help to you? Because we'll continue doing that uh, as, we, uh, uh, as we continue the ministry here at Shadow Hills. If if that if you have a suggestion on how we might do it better, hey, don't be afraid to tell us. We, we appreciate knowing because we're here to serve you. That's, that's our purpose in being here. God bless you uh, as we share together Matthew chapter 6. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Those notes that I, I or references I put in there, we won't hit all, we might hit some, and we might not be in that order, but I thought uh, it, it's, um, it's been requested a few times, I mean, to either slow down or to enunciate the passages a little bit better, so I hope that helps. And again, it's, uh, you won't hurt my feelings if we, if we want to change it up a little bit or however you want to manage that. So let's pray, and we're going to look at uh, Matthew chapter 6 again this Sunday. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that we can come into your presence today sing songs to you, throw our cares at your feet, throw our burdens at you. Lord, we know that you hear our prayer. And Lord, this morning we have a lot of prayer requests on the back of our bulletin, some that are serious and some that are a little bit more light, but Lord, this morning they're all set before you. Uh, for our friend Shirley, that she recovers from uh, what she's going through right now, Lord, and you bring her back to us for jam that uh, her back gets better soon, Lord, and uh, for the requests are not in there, Lord, that you know what they are. So be with us this morning as we look at your text. Give us all ears to hear and feet for action to use these words somewhere in our life this week, Lord. We love you, and it's in your precious name I pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. We'll just recap to get us down to verse 12. The Lord says in verse 9, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Last week we looked at give us this day our daily bread. Give us today the, the, the sustenance we need just for today to get through today. And we looked at it that it wasn't singular. It wasn't give me today to get me through this day. It was give us. We as a, as a 
group of believers as a Christian body, we are to look out for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to put their needs ahead of ours. You know, Philippians 2, Paul talks about that, that you put other people's needs ahead of your own. That's not to say you forget your needs, because we all have needs. We all have desperate cries within the middle of our soul that we just, we have to belt out. And sometimes we can't imagine how is it that we can pray for somebody else. We're in the midst of such turmoil. But the scripture is clear. Give us, Lord, this day our daily bread. Give us everything we need to get through today, Lord. And, you know, I touched on it last week. If it's the last prayer you lay, they say at night, you're looking forward to tomorrow. Get me through tomorrow. Give me my daily bread tomorrow. If you say your prayer in the morning, it's get me through this day, Lord. And don't forget about my sister, my brother, Lord. Well, today we look at verse 12. And he says, Lord, forgive us, us, plural. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And bridge that down. Skip 13. We're going to get that next week. And skip down to 14. The Lord says, For if you forgive others their transgressions, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. I was thinking this morning as I was shaving about this. I, yesterday I spent a lot of time... Uh, my dear, lovely wife mocked me at this so much time. I, was, I had erasers and pencils, and we were going. She said, how many times are you going to rewrite this? And many times. I, my, my notes have arrows. I hope this makes sense today. We carry grudges as human beings. We look back in our life. I look back in my life, and I carry grudges. I am the pastor that stands up and speaks in front of the congregation, and I'm here to say, I carry grudges. I was hurt beyond what you could imagine by another pastor and another pastor. And I look back and I think, I don't like them. I don't like what they did. I don't like their spouses and their cat and their dog and their car and their truck. And then I stand up here and I say, forgive us our debts, Lord, as I have forgiven others. Is that convicting? How many, you know, how many of us in this room, without raising your hands, have that one person in your life that you can look back and you can say, that scoundrel? I dare say we all have somebody. This prayer that the Lord set out this template for us was written for you, was written for that person, that, that, that wicked, that evil, that mischievous scoundrel. A few more adjectives. No, I'm, 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 I got arrows all over here, brother. <laughs> we all do this, and then we go to the Lord and say, "Lord, give us our, give me my daily bread. Help me forgive others, just like I've forgiven them. You know, just help me, Lord. Or I've already done it, Lord. But don't worry about this guy. I'll deal with him. That's that one cross I'm going to carry, Lord." Forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven. Past tense. Martin and I were talking about this past tense thing this morning. In the New American Standard, it is a past tense. In Martin's King James, it's not past tense. It's an ongoing thing. I'm going to investigate that tonight. That wasn't the direction the sermon notes were going yet this week. But the idea is that we need to, as a as a group, as a church body, as a believer in Jesus Christ, to forgive the debts of others. 
we, you know, I've told this story many times, and it's probably had different variations on it, and you're going to think, well, that story doesn't sound like the same time you said it. But there was a lady at the last church I served in, and she was a, a, an elderly lady. She was close to 80. She carried that grudge from that one scoundrel way back when she was a teenage girl until she was 80. 65 years, 70 years of carrying a grudge and hate towards this person over here. And she finally got to the end of her days, and she said, you know what? I've carried this for too long. I surrender all. I give this up. She died within a week. Wow. She carried this burden in her life for 65 years towards this person, for whatever this person did or didn't do. It was a reality in her life. Think about all those 65 years, all the events that happened in her life. Kids born and graduate from college and grandkids born and all this. In the middle of all of that, there was hate and there was anger and there was an unforgiving spirit. And she was the most lovely Christian lady. I mean, when you define Christian lady, it was her picture you'd see on the wall. Yet she carried this burden. It's very interesting here. Forgive us our debts. And then down in 14, our transgressions. And Luke, in, in his version, in chapter 11, verse 4 of Luke, he uses the word sin. So we have transgressions, we have debts, and we have sins. And Jesus wants to make sure that he's got all three of these things covered for us. All of them. There's no wiggle room to get around any of this stuff. In Luke, when he's talking about sins, we've all heard this said, it's the missing the mark, it's the archer missing the mark. But the, the definition, and I wrote this down because I didn't want to miss this one. The word for sin that Luke uses is a failing to hit the mark. So We're trying to do our best job, Lord. We're working hard at it, Lord, but we just missed the mark. It's an error of understanding. Your feelings got hurt. You hurt somebody's feelings. Forgive them their sins, their failure to understand. Forgive them. They didn't understand what they were saying. Forgive them. It's a bad action or an evil deed. This is a covert thing. This is a, a, they tried to do something wrong. They didn't just miss the mark. They shot this way to miss the mark. Forgive them their sin. It's sinning whether it occurs by omission or commission. It's something we forgot to do. We forgot to say, I saw you at the, the luncheon and I looked away and didn't say anything. I was distracted. I omitted to say hello. I hurt your feelings. That's a sin. Forgiving their sin. They didn't mean to hurt your feelings. It's a thought. It's a feeling. It's a, a, a speech or an action. That's the word in Luke that Jesus uses for sin. Right here in our scripture, it says, forgive us our debts. That's the second word that the Lord makes sure that we cover now. We got sin. We got debts. And this debt is it's a financial uh, word. It's, it's a word that, uh, like if you were, you, you go out and buy a car or a house, you have a promissory note that you have to pay back. It's more of a, uh, a physical thing. So forgive them their physical thing, debts. And if you do, your Lord will forgive your debts. Let's skip ahead. Read, uh, let's look over Matthew 18 for a second. This is the Lord's teaching on the header over this is forgiveness. 
Matthew 18, 21. And then our old friend, Peter. Peter came in and he said to him, the Lord, How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you to up to seven times, but how about Peter, up to 70 times? 490 times you're supposed to forgive him. Now that's not saying that the Lord said, okay, 491 he's on his own. This was the Lord making a point. You just forgive him. And it's so hard to do that in my life when I think about those two situations. When I was wronged, that's 491 and 92, I'm out. I don't need to forgive him, right? That's not what the Lord was saying. The Lord's saying, Mike, all these past 10 years that you've been carrying this burden, 490. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, forgive one another, even as the Lord has forgiven you. God has forgiven you for Christ's name's sake. That's when we forgive others, it's for Christ's name's sake. And think of the cleansing and the healing and the and the, the, the uplifting burden-loading feeling you'd get after that. And I'm talking to myself. I hope I hear this and get over this. But, you know, I, I, there's others. There's, there's even further back. The things happened when I was a kid. I've forgiven those. Some of it because I forgot. Fifty-eight years on, I've forgotten them. But these two things, I really got... I just, being honest with you, I've really got to work on this. And the reason I, I, I so expose my heart to you guys is because I know... I know that there's things in your life that you need to do the same thing. And if I'm so pious to say, this is for you, but not for me, because I'm perfect, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm not perfect. So the Lord says up to 70 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle the accounts of his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, the one who owed him 10,000 talents. And i got to be honest with you, I didn't know how much money this was. So I got the old calculator and I looked up you know, things. And in British sterling, I wrote it down here, it's $3,937,077.93. It's a lot of money. But there's a, a, somebody smarter than me. I put a little note off the side of my Bible here and it says, a talent was worth more than 15 years wages for a laborer, a laborer, right? So this is a laborer, 15 years wages times 10,000 is what he says here. I couldn't figure the decimal points out, so again, I break out the trusty calculator. That's 150,000 years worth of wages, right? The Lord's, he's not going to say, okay, 1,000, everything's cool. Again, he's making a point. Yeah, you go 70 plus 70 plus 70. And you go 10,000 talents, 20,000 talents, 15,000, 150,000 years. There's no end to it. But since he did not have the means to repay, his already commanded him to be sold, along with his wife and his children, and all he had to repay. So the slave fell on the ground and prostrated himself and said, Have patience. On me, and I will repay you for everything. I started thinking about this. 
and the cross. Think of the penalty that we have and the price that was paid at the cross. We couldn't have come up with 150,000 years worth of payment to get off and, and be welcomed in to heaven outside of the cross. Have patience on me, Lord, and I'll repay. I, could, I couldn't repay. I could not repay for the gift of salvation, the free gift by grace of salvation of my soul that had to be done by Christ. Verse 27 says, The Lord said, The Lord of the slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him his debts. That is exactly what happened to us at the cross. Our debts were released at the cross. We could not enter into the presence of God and say, Lord, help, forgive me, have patience. But when that slave went out, he went out now, and he found his, his fellow slave that owed him 100 denarii. And again, small amount of money. A little bit of money compared to 150,000 years worth of wages. And he sees him, and he began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So that his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you this little tiny amount. But he was unwilling. And he went back, and he threw him in prison until he could pay back what was owed. That, that's where we are. If we were to try to pay back this, for, this free gift of everlasting salvation from our Lord and say, I, I just give me a little time and I'll work it out and I'll do a better job. Couldn't do it. We have to throw our souls at the feet of the cross. We have to throw our bodies completely at the, the cross. We have to say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me my debts. And he did by nailing it to the cross. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved, and they came and they reported it to their Lord and all that had happened. Then summoning him, the Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all your debts because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slaves at the, in the same way that I had mercy on you? And the Lord moved with anger and handed him over to the torturers until he could repay all that was owed him. If we think that we can do it ourselves, we're going to be handed over to the torturer. And we're going to have to try work it out. Isn't it much easier to look at the free gift of salvation, the grace that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ, and say, Lord Jesus, take me as I am. I say it is. Look at Colossians 2. 13 and 14. When you were dead, Paul's not talking about when you were physically dead, this is spiritually dead. When you were spiritually dead in your transgressions, in your sin, in the way you were previous, in the, in the lifestyle that you were, when you were there, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, that you were set aside, you were cast out, you were cut away from God, He, at that moment, 
Not when you got right, not when you got better, not when you got perfected, not when you, you could present yourself to him, cleaned up. At that moment, he made you alive together with him. He took you where you are and made you alive with him. That happened the moment that you were born again. He took you at that moment. You were born again. You were justified in his sight. And you were made his child of God. Right there. And so since that has happened, having forgiven us all our transgressions, he, he forgave us all those transgressions. All the, all the, the, the definition I read earlier, all the sin, all the, the falling on the, the wayside, all the, the ignoring his, his good news and, and saying I can do it on myself. He, uh, he saw all that. And having forgiven all of your transgressions, how did this happen? Verse 14 says, having canceled their certificate of debt. He canceled that certificate of debt for you. When you came to Christ, when you came into his presence and became a child of God, he canceled your debt. The certificate of debt, the IOU. Canceled. And it's consisting of decrees against us, which is hostile to us. He had taken it out of the way. And, and so forth. He took it out of the way, not by just tearing up this certificate, this death certificate, right? He, he didn't say, okay, we're going to tear it up, and it's no longer in effect. You're, come on in. He took that debt, and he paid it. Not, he didn't just tear up the paper. He paid the note. You have a note on your house of $100,000. You still owe the bank. The bank says, okay, that's cool. Don't pay it back. We'll just tear up the note. But over your head, you know, there's still that $100,000 on the mortgage. So it's going to surface. The minute I tell my boss I'm going to retire, the bank says, hey, you know what? We made a mistake. So that, he didn't just tear up this paper. He paid the debt so that debt can, can no longer come back and affect you. It's paid for. It's done. The bank can't say, oh, we made a mistake. We tore up the paper. We shouldn't have. The bank's going to look at the note and say, it was paid in full at the cross of Christ. How wonderful is that? Is that that's shouting material. Now, if I was a Pentecostal guy, I'd be, that's, it was paid, not just ignored, not just put away. It was paid and done, not ignored. <laughs> having it nailed to the cross. When Christ was on the cross and the nails went in his arm and his feet and the blood was pouring on the sand, that was the note. That was the note for you. It's put aside. It's paid in full. When he had disarmed the rulers and the authorities, he, Christ, made a public display of them having triumphed over them through him. He didn't just pay it in full. He did it in full display of everybody. Look what I am doing for you. That wretched sinner that you are, that isn't giving up on that, those two guys over here, 491 and 492. This is for you. The weight of that on me when I was studying that this week and the embarrassment of sharing that with you, it's, it, it's powerful in my heart. I am going to get to the point where I can say that those two are forgiven. I can tell you that it's not today. That's the truth. 
because I would be, there's talking here about lying too. I'm, I'm working on this, and that's just the honest to goodness from my heart. It's getting better, and I hope that it's soon resolved, and that's gonna come through prayer, and facing him and saying, Lord Jesus, I'm embarrassed over this, forgive me. And he will, and I can't wait till I'm on the other side of that, and I can look back and say, what a fool I was. And when that happens, you guys are going to be the very first ones to hear about it. Maybe next week. Let's go back to our text. Okay, so we have sins, we have deaths, we have transgressions. All three of those dealt with by Christ. If I was fully justified when I came to faith in Christ, I can't be any more justified down the road. At that very moment that I said, okay, Lord Jesus, as a crazy high school kid, I've given it up and I turned my faith to you. At that very moment, I was justified. I was adopted into the family of God. I cannot be unadopted. I can do stupid things, like these two things that I'm carrying. That's stupid, but that doesn't mean I'm not a child of God anymore. All the more I need a Father, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name, even though I'm not very good. His name is Hallowed. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. I'm stumbling. I'll get there. You might be stumbling, and I want you to get there. I dare say, I want you to get there faster than me. You know, I look at that little old lady, you know, that 80-year-old lady, and she's probably saying the same thing now. Mike, get it up. Get out of there. Don't carry this for another 60 years or 50 years or whatever. Forgive me my debt, as I have also forgiven. Past tense. I will get there. Verse 14 says, the Lord again says, For if you forgive their transgressions, your heavenly Father, Mike, will also forgive you. The other side of that coin. Forgive others, Mike, for their transgressions. For if you don't, your Lord won't forgive yours. Is the way I read that. On the positive side, if you do, you will. On the negative side, if you don't, he won't. That's a burden. I need to give up that burden. I need to joyfully say next Sunday, that is behind me, and move on. Then this applies to me tenfold and trumps. Spades over, over the top. Mike, forgive others for their transgressions, and your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. Praise God. Now, he's forgiven me in the sense that I am his I have no fear of where I'm going to go if I, if I was to drop dead today. Zero fear where I would be. Even though you know, I'm wrestling with some certain things, he, he's called me into his family. He's adopted me in, and I am not going to be shaken. Romans 8.1 for us. One of these Sundays, I'm going to get up here and not use me as an example. I'm going to, I'm going to find somebody else. This is hard on me. <laughs> Mike, therefore now, 
There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation, but I need to forgive others. Psalm 32.5 I acknowledge you. <laughs> David laying on his bed. He says, I acknowledge my sin to you, Lord I'm not trying to hide my sin. You know everything. I acknowledge my sin. How cleansing is that? But you're not carrying around the sin inside of you and hope it doesn't get found out. I acknowledge my sin and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. There's, a, there's an action there, right? David, the psalmist, was saying, I am going to acknowledge my sin to you, Lord, even though you know it. I'm going to get it off my chest and give it to you. And my iniquity, I did not hide it, Lord. I gave you that too. I said, Lord, here's my iniquity. Here's where I'm wrestling. Here's the sin. Here's where I'm struggling. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And what did the Lord do then? David acknowledged his sin. David said, I'm not going to hide my transgressions. And David acknowledges that you forgave past tense. The guilt of my sin. The Lord forgave you the guilt of your sin. Bring it to him. Don't hide it from him. Acknowledge it to him. And he will forgive and the sin is bad enough. But the guilt of the sin, <laughs> that's like, that just pushes you down. The guilt of it. And when you're an Irish Catholic kid, there's a lot of that in my, my mind. You know? But he gave, not only forgave me my sin, he lifted the burden of the guilt. Proverbs 25, 13. He who conceals his transgression will not prosper. If you try to hide that sin, it's going to be found out and you will not prosper. Flip side of that same coin, Proverbs 25, 13. But he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. You have to do what the psalmist said. Bring it to the Lord. Trust that he's going to hear your prayer. Know that he's going to forgive you. And confess it and forsake them. And you will find compassion. That's good to know. God will show you compassion. He's not going to say, okay, I've been waiting for months for you to confess this sin. Now's my chance. I'm going to crush you. You will find compassion. What compassion at the cross. While the the certificate of death was being nailed to his arms. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord. There's a picture there of a believer. It kind of turned a little bit. And the Lord says, I'm not going to crush you. He says, the Lord, and, will, and he returned to the Lord, 
and he, the Lord, will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he is abundantly, for he will abundantly pardon. Remember the, the 490 times? The 150,000 years of salary? He's over the top on that. He will abundantly pardon. How many times can you bring this sin to him and say, Lord, I'm wrestling with this again? Peter, 70 times 7. 150,000 years worth. Bring it on. Isaiah 53, 5. But he, he was pierced through. Our Lord was pierced through. Why? For our transgressions. He wasn't pierced through for anything else. He wasn't pierced through to appease the mob that was saying, crucify, crucify. He was on that cross willingly for your transgressions. So that means to me, at your worst, he still went to the cross for you. Wouldn't that, that's what it means to... He didn't wait to clean it up and then go to the cross because you did such a good job working to get yourself all cleaned up. He did it while you were at your worst. He went to the cross. He nailed the decree. He was crushed. Why? For your iniquities. <laughs> he was pierced for your transgressions. He's crushed for your iniquities. Your shortfallings is why he went to the cross. Willingly. The chastening for our well-being. What chastening? The cross. Where to go? It fell upon him. You didn't have to suffer the chastening. You didn't have to suffer the, the, the figuring out how to pay your way in. How to pay for your sins. He did it. He was scourged. Because he was scourged, it says, we are healed. We confess with our mouth. We turn to him in faith. We trust that, that, that he says what he says and he means what he said. That he forgives you. He forgives me. Knowing that I'm at 490 and I'm taken away at 491. Even then, he forgives me. So the close and the takeaway from all of this is if you are carrying a burden, that if we were to write it in a book and put it up on PowerPoint up here and say, okay, here it is. You're, Mike already told you about these two. Your turn. We'll put it up here for the world to see. That's the one that he wants you to know that you are forgiven. That he took that one. He took that one, paid for it in full, tore up the certificate, paid it. It's done. I'm carrying this. He's not. So if you have that burden that you've been carrying all these years, my prayer is that you and I, we, we, I, I work on mine. We work on yours. I know that I will, especially now that I made such a proclamation to my, my church, I will never, ever again have to use these two guys as an example in my life, other than to say now I'm well beyond that. I was there, and no longer am I there. These guys don't bother me anymore. It was paid for at the cross. And I, I know deep down in my heart that I will get there. I pray it's today on the way home. I think maybe this message for me was, Mike, pay attention. If nobody else in the room is, this one's for you. So I'll have to find another example. And I'm sure I am full of examples in my life to tell you what not to do. 
Don't carry the burden. Understand it was paid for fully at the cross. Know that he loves you while you were in your transgressions, not wait for you to clean it up. And yet he still went there to the cross for you. Soak that in this week. Let that, let that just engulf you in the love of God through Jesus Christ the Son. And know that he loves you. Rest in that this week. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that we have these weighty words in, in Scripture, Lord, that, that we just don't, we don't read them and study them just to say, hey, I've got more knowledge. But, Lord, that we can take this lesson and take it to heart. Turn the burdens over to you, Lord. Let me turn my burdens over to you this week, Lord. Let me give you this event in my life, Lord, that you can cleanse me from it. And, Lord, I know if we were to go around the room, it would be the same with all. Give us all that spirit, Lord, that, that comfort, that joy of knowing that you have dealt with all of it at the cross. We love you. And it's in your precious name I pray. Amen.